It's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, everyone. Wow, it is an absolutely fabulous day down here in Atlanta. And once again, we're doing this multi-state program. It's so much fun to have this technology. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite. And I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to promote themselves and their businesses by using social media. And today we have a repeat guest because he has so much great information. So welcome back to Mark Schaefer. I am so delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be a repeat guest. Well, and it's so funny, Mark. We actually went very close to Knoxville yesterday on our way home from vacation. And and I thought, okay, next time. Next time we have to get together. Oh, we should do that. We were so close. Close by. it is, it is. Well, before we proceed, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. Mark W. Schaefer is a globally recognized blogger, speaker, educator, business consultant, and author who blogs at Grow, one of the top marketing blogs of the world. He teaches graduate marketing classes at Rutgers University and has written four best-selling books, including The Tao of Twitter, the best-selling book on Twitter in the world, and Return on Influence, which was named one of the top business titles of the year by the American Library Association. His latest book is called Social Media Explained, Untangling the World's Most Misunderstood Business Trend, But we're here today to talk about the new edition of Mark's book, The Tao of Twitter. And, you know, this is absolutely fascinating to me. And and again, Mark, welcome back. I downloaded the book last night and read it in about an hour, which to me is a great business book. Now, of course, I, I since it was on my iPad... I was reading it on Kindle. I was marking a lot of sections to go back and, and really delve into. But it, it you explained Twitter in very short, succinct, easy-to-understand terms, which I think is absolutely fabulous because Twitter, I think, is still one of the most misunderstood business tools for social media. Um, you know, and, and it, it really is far from the here's what I had for lunch type of tweets <laughs> and and you have used it for such great success. So tell people why you really like Twitter. Well, you know, I first I just want to acknowledge uh, and thank you really for reading my book, and and also acknowledge that um, I guess I was a success because it is a book that people that I designed that people can read in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. This is not one of those usual ponderous business books where you have one idea and then hundreds of examples. There are new ideas, uh, new, t- new tips, uh, new ways to help your business on every single page. It's right. impact, but it's but it's fast to read and it's fun to read. And I think that's why it has become such a beloved book. But one of the things I'm passionate about is that it is so overlooked mm-hmm. as a opportunity to build personal connections, to build your personal brand, and from a business perspective, to really have an impact on your business. I've got mm-hmm. one chapter completely devoted to how do you use this uh, for your business? How do you use this to create competitive advantage? And I think the reason that Twitter is so overlooked is because it's not intuitive like right. Facebook or, mm-hmm. or YouTube where you just watch a video. Mm-hmm. Twitter can be a little bit intimidating to people because it does have a language all of its own. Mm-hmm. So the, one of the things that help people get out of the book and love about the book is right from the beginning, it starts to go into the real uh, human pulse that's through Twitter. Mm-hmm. And many people have told me, oh my gosh, after the first 25 pages, I had a completely different view of what this is about 
and I've recommitted myself to try to give this thing uh, a chance. Mm -hmm. Well, and what struck me as I was reading it, I'm one of those people who Twitter was actually the first social media platform I got on. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was great. And then I trickled away from it. Um, I still use Twitter, but obviously not nearly as much as I should because it hasn't been successful to me. And as I was reading your book, uh, what struck me was kind of the obvious. It wasn't successful because I wasn't using it the right way, which is really what you mean by the Tao of Twitter. So explain to us, yes. you've got three kind of basic tenets that make this up. What are those three tenets? Right. And then let's go through those. Well, uh, Tao, T-A-O, or the Chinese pronunciation of the word is, is Tao, is a, is a word that means path. Mm -hmm. And unlike you, when I first started using Twitter, I hated it. <laughs> I thought it was the stupidest thing I've ever tried. And then I kind of had this aha moment that I talked about in the book, and it kind of revealed itself to me that, oh, my gosh, this is an opportunity for new global connections mm -hmm. we never could have had a few years ago. And I, I, I became kind of devoted to it at that point. And... So what I talk about in the book is that there is a path, there is a pulse that goes through all the, the business case studies and all the success stories you find on Twitter have three common elements. Mm -hmm. Number one, there's some kind of meaningful content. Right. And it doesn't have to be a PhD thesis. It doesn't have to be a white paper. The story I use to illustrate this idea that starts the book, the, 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 the content was, was tweets talking about uh, a football game, a mm -hmm. Steelers football game. And the reason I love that story is because that's the way we make connections in real life. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't treat people online any differently. We're trying to build relationships. We're trying to make friends. But some sort of meaningful content, that is the catalyst that makes everything go on social media. It creates awareness. It creates interest. It creates trust. Eventually, it can even create loyalty. Now, most businesses are starting to get that. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they've got a Facebook page. They've got a blog. They're making videos. But the second part of the path is one that most businesses miss, and that is targeted, relevant connections. Mm -hmm. Because the content doesn't really work unless it, it moves, unless people engage with it and they see it and they connect to it and they share it. And here, here is one of the biggest advantages to Twitter is that a business or a brand or an individual can build an audience on Twitter faster and in a more targeted and relevant way than any other platform. Right. Including blogs, including video, including Facebook. One of the reasons for that is because to start building your audience, they don't have to follow you back. Like they mm -hmm. might have to follow you back on LinkedIn or subscribe to you on YouTube or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you can, and the, the second reason is that, in fact, there are so many tools, so many ways to find these people who might have some interest in you. Mm -hmm. And in Chapter 5 of the book, it's, it's filled with 25 different ways to use Twitter and to use these third-party applications to find people who have some propensity to be interested in you and your business. Right. And then the third part of this is authentic helpfulness, which... Uh, you need to move from a mindset of selling, selling, selling to helping, 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 mm -hmm. and that's very difficult for many businesses. Right. Well, and it's funny, you know, let's, let's go back and, and kind of talk about each one of these individually because they are so very important. Um, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. funny that, that you talk about, you know, let's, let's just kind of start with the authentic helpfulness. 
because so many businesses think, well, the only thing they should do is sell. Um, you know, and, and it doesn't matter whether it's a small business or a large business. Of course, it tends to be that way more if it's a large business because somebody kind of has to justify mm-hmm. their existence. But, you know, it's, it is about helping people. And I love the examples that you give in your book of, you know, connecting people. Um, you know, when, and it seems to come easier to do it on Twitter than it does on, especially Facebook. Now on LinkedIn, it's, you know, LinkedIn is built a little bit differently and, and so you can kind of connect uh, people there. But to me, Twitter really does seem to be the platform where maybe it's because it is just these quick, fast tweets that, you know, it's, it, you, you make those connections very quickly or you move on. But, you know, it's, it is the, a great place to really be able to provide that, that helpful assistance. And, and that's where I have found Twitter the most beneficial is either when I have asked a question and sometimes it's what is the weather doing in your part of the world? My mother lives there, you know, or, uh, you know, some, some other things where it's more business related because there's so many people that they, you know, and they want to be helpful. So they will connect you right away and, and provide that information. Um, so, how does a business go about not coming across as the used car salesman and really being that, hey, here's great information and it might not do anything at all for my business, but it's going to help build my, say, reputation? Um, how, how can businesses mm-hmm. get over that hump? Well, I think we need to recognize a few things, and that's number one, um, advertising uh doesn't work as well as it used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, uh, you know, they don't read the daily newspaper anymore. Many cities don't even have a daily newspaper right. anymore. Um, <clears throat> people are skipping through ads on TV or they're viewing their favorite programs on something like Netflix where you see no commercials at all. Same mm-hmm. with radio. And so we have to think about, all right, we've got to do something differently because the traditional ways we've been connecting with our customers aren't working anymore. They're not mm-hmm. available anymore. And if you try to turn your social media presence into an advertisement, people are going to run away. They are sick of being advertised to. They're sick of being sold to. But they will run to people. They will embrace brands who try to help them make money, save money save time, have a happier life, a healthier life, a more entertaining experience. And so this is difficult for businesses to make this transition because structurally, we're probably geared toward quarterly sales numbers, quarterly sales goals. That does not necessarily lend itself to building long-term relationships and spending time helping people, and yet it works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really, really works. And one great example I love in the book is um, Twitter. Uh, there's uh, Hilton has a Twitter site called Hilton Suggests, and what mm-hmm. they try to do is find people on the web real time who are having some sort of travel-related problem in some unfamiliar city, and they step in and try to help them. It might be mm-hmm. you know broken heel on a shoe, or where to find the best steak in this new town that I'm in. And they may not even be staying in Hilton. Mm-hmm. But they're saying, their idea is if you just try to be nice and try to help people, you're going to be at the top of mind next time they choose a hotel. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it's funny because in a lot of ways we've gone full circle. Um, you know, back to the old Dale Carnegie sales training programs and, and things like that where they talk mm-hmm. to salespeople to really connect with people first before trying to sell to them. You know, that they had the, the lists of everybody's birthdays and anniversaries and you got that card from them and, and, you know, and, and it was, it was a subtle reminder because of course when they sent the, you know, happy birthday or happy anniversary card, they put in their business card or something like that, but it wasn't, sell, sell, sell. It was about building those relationships with people and then staying top of mind. And I think that is is the key to this. You know, how many people, and I'll raise my hand, <laughs> you know, don't tweet enough. Um, you know, and, and so we're not staying top of mind. And 
you know, that, and it doesn't really matter what the social media platform is. If you only post every once in a while, it's like running a television commercial just during the Super Bowl or, you know, a, an ad, you know, just once a, a year in a newspaper. People forget that you exist. Um, so you have to, to do more. One of the things that I liked about your book, because, you know, I, I always, when I look at Twitter, um, it's a little overwhelming. Because I'm only connected with 5,000 people, you know, and you're connected with far more than that. And so the stream, you know, gets very complicated. And, and later on in this program, I want to talk about lists. But I was always thinking, oh, I have to tweet every 10 minutes for somebody to even notice me. And, and you really talk about the fact that you don't have to tweet that often, which I think is something that business people really are afraid of. They are thinking, oh my gosh, I have to send out one of these silly little posts every 10 minutes for people to notice. What have you found is kind of your sweet spot? And, and obviously it varies by industry, by person, all those various things. But what have you found is your kind of sweet spot for, for posting on Twitter? Well, um, I... My sweet spot is going to be different from other people's sweet mm-hmm. spots. I, I don't think there's really a uh, any sort of cookie cutter answer, but I, I think there are some guidelines around how often to tweet and what to tweet. If you tweet every t- ten minutes, you're just simply going to be annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and the opportunity to connect with people through your tweets is uh, going to go down. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing to think about is that in some ways, putting a message out on Twitter is a little bit like throwing a bottle into the ocean. Uh, you really don't know who's going to be on the receiving end. Right. So you need to think about tweeting at different times of the day. Mm-hmm. And something that's kind of counterintuitive, at least to me, is the best time to tweet is during business hours. During the business hours of, you know, if you're on Eastern Time and most of your customers are Eastern Time, that's when people seem to be most active on Twitter during their business hours. Now, during my business hours, I work on business. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so I'm not necessarily most active on Twitter, but you can schedule tweets mm-hmm. so that they show up. Uh, and I'll give you an example. I've got a good friend in Malaysia who wants to build an audience in America. So he mm-hmm. schedules his tweet during his night when he's sleeping because he wants to connect with people that way. But I think really to have an effective presence on Twitter, you ought to try at least tweeting maybe three times a day. And the more you do it, the easier it gets, the the more natural it becomes. And it doesn't have to be something profound. Mm -hmm. We're reading all day long. So let's say you see an article uh, about... um, well, this morning I saw an interesting article about movie posters. Mm-hmm. Now, that really doesn't have anything to do with my business, but I thought it was a really cool article, and every article we read today has a tweet button on it. Right. It takes just moments to hit that button, and now I'm sharing content with my audience, and it took mm-hmm. no time at all. Now, how does this help me as a business? tweeting something about movie posters. We don't build emotional connections with logos or with press releases. We build emotional connections with people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, enjoying the art of these movie posters was something that I was excited about. Mm -hmm. It was part of my personality. So by sharing that, People are going to get a general impression of me as a person and my interests and my values. And over time, that will lead to relationships that will lead to business benefits. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, of course, there are people who will go, ugh, I don't like that. And so it could be that they just decide overall not that they don't want to work with you. But that's not a bad thing. You know, sometimes it, it is is good to kind of weed the people out who you're not going to have a you know a good relationship with. Um, you know, I am from Denver. I'm going to post about Peyton Manning and the Broncos. And if somebody doesn't like Peyton Manning and the Broncos, well, then you know what? Maybe we're just not going to have a good business relationship. But at the same point, they might ask me who somebody else is that I would refer them to. 
And, you know, and, and I have absolutely no problem with doing that. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think there's enough business to go around and it really doesn't matter what you do. Um, I think that, that, you know, there is enough business to go around and that comes back to that authentic helpfulness. Um, you know, maybe it's, it's not a good fit for whatever reason, but if I can connect somebody else, then I think that's great. And, and you've talked about that several times in your book where, you know, somebody came to you and you said, Hey, you know, here's somebody else I'm going to suggest that you contact. And what you, what happened was you made everybody happy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny that you bring up the Dale Carnegie example because over and over and over again, I hear that same connection. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is, you know, his maxims for being successful, connecting with people was long before the internet. And in a lot of my classes and speeches, I talk about my grandfather. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was a plumber in Pittsburgh. He mm-hmm. never took out an ad in his life. Mm-hmm. But if you understand how he connected to people, how he mm-hmm. helped people, in a beautiful way, in a humorous way, in just a very loving way, then you understand how social media works. And this is an example from, you know, 50 years ago. I mean, he was a plumber in Pittsburgh for 50 years and had a very successful business and didn't count on any sort of advertising or broadcasting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But deep down, that's how people still want to connect that they want to be acknowledged, they buy from people they know and they trust, mm-hmm. and that is the historically important opportunity you have with social media and Twitter specifically. Right. One, well, and the cool thing about it is it has allowed us to get out of our little area, you know, whether it's a specific little niche for your industry or, more importantly, your physical area, and expand your market. Um, and I hear so many people say, well, but I'm a restaurant, I sell books, I, you know, I'm a brick and mortar place. So what good is it? Well, my point to them is you never know who people are connected to. Um, you know, just because you've connected with somebody in, say, Malaysia, doesn't mean they don't know somebody here in Atlanta or in Knoxville or in Denver, and they're going to play that matchmaker there too. So, you know, I always tell people, yeah. you know, d- don't limit yourself. Well, that's a very key point, and it really, I don't think it's too bold to say that that dynamic changed my life, because when I was starting my business, social media was just kind of starting to take off, mm-hmm. and I kind of had a limited view as far as where my market was going to be and the types of customers I was going to serve. And what I found through social media is that I no longer really had to find my target market. My target market found me wherever they were in the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's like I said, people came came to know me through my content, through what I was putting out there. And sometimes it may take years. I recently had an experience where somebody who's been reading my blog and following me on Twitter for three years said, you know what, I'm going to hire you. And I had never heard of this person before. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they, they just were reading. They were just kind of stalking out there, which is very common, by the way. More people right. stalk and actually create content on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after three years, this person said, you are the person we need. It's time for us to hire you for your business. So you just never know where it will lead. But this person certainly created this emotional connection to me through my content and through the stuff I was putting out there. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, we need to take a quick break. Speaking of advertisers, um, we need to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's really talk about those targeted connections, you know, the quantity versus quality and how do you find those people and then how in the heck do you process, you know, all this information that's coming through. Um, and we're going to talk about using lists. So I am Deb Creer talking with Mark Schaefer about the Tao of Twitter on Mile High Radio. And we'll be back in just a moment. Thank you for being a friend. Travel. 
Nothing says I love you more than milehighradio.com. Attention, active duty, National Guard, reserve, and retired veterans. If you or a loved one was injured while serving our country anytime after October 2001, you may qualify for up to $100,000 in TSGLI tax free benefits, even if the injury was not related to military service. Also, if you've been denied VA disability benefits for a service-related issue, we may be able to help. Call the James Rolls House Law Firm at 877-722-3258. That's 877-722-3258. Performance Apparel is South Metro Denver's premier corporate and athletic apparel store. We're your one-stop shop for creating a personal yet professional look for you and your organization. We can assist you in outfitting your corporate team, baseball team, lacrosse team, soccer team, hockey team, football team, or any other team you're involved with. Our goal is to outfit your team for success. We offer in-house full-service embroidery, a state-of-the-art banner and sign maker, screen printing, a graphic designer, vinyl and heat press letter logos, tackle twill, sew on lettering, leather jackets, hats, shirts, and other corporate imaging. Learn just why we've been chosen to be the official corporate image consultant and provider for milehighradio.com by clicking on the banner ad on their website. Remember the name in South Metro Denver. It's performance apparel. Yep, here's your problem. You haven't been listening to milehighradio.com. And now, we're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest. And we do have a fabulous guest today. I am Deb Creer, and I'm speaking with Mark Schaefer about the Tao of Twitter. And before we go any further, Mark, tell people how they find you and connect with you online. First of all, it's been a long time since someone called me fabulous, so I just want to thank you for that. <laughs> uh, you know, you can find me at businessesgrow.com. Uh, I had to call it something other than Schaefer because nobody can spell Schaefer. So uh, Businesses Grow, uh, you can find my blog, my podcast, my books, and lots of free stuff that can help you in your business. Great. Well, and of course, what we we really want is for people to get your book. Um, but you know, we're we're doing the soft sell approach here because it is, it is about being authentically helpful. We've talked about that several times, and that's the information that you provide. It really is something to to help people with their their business growth. Um, you know, and and the the important thing is you know to to get that information out to people. So. You know, let's jump back into targeted connections. You know, and, and especially on Twitter, that's where it seems overwhelming. You know, I'm connected with five thousand people, which that seems like a lot. And I'm looking at your Twitter page right now, and you follow thirty-two thousand people. But more importantly, you have almost ninety-six thousand people who follow you. How do you start? <laughs> and I think that's where people really get confused is, is they look at someone who has more than, you know, a couple hundred people that they, they follow <coughs> or that they're connected with and, and they get overwhelmed and they think, what the heck? How am I supposed to do this? So, you know, how do you even start figuring out who to connect with? Well, um, again, there's no right answer for for, for everybody, but let's just say maybe you're a, uh, a small business. Maybe mm-hmm. you are uh, a bakery or something like that uh, in Denver or Atlanta. And so you don't need 100,000 followers necessarily. Right. Maybe you only need a couple hundred or a couple thousand, but they, you just need to find people that are in your area. Mm-hmm. But that's the cool thing about Twitter is that there are so many tools to find those potential customers no matter what sort of business you are. So let me, let me just give you an example. Uh, this happened just last week. I 
was talking to a real estate agent in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, the real estate agent says, oh, this is just so confusing to me. I really don't know how to use Twitter. It just seems like a big wall of noise to me. How could I possibly use this for business? So I said, well, let's just try something here. So in the book, I talk about how to use Twitter search. Twitter search, many people regard as the most powerful market research tool maybe you've ever had available. So I put in a simple phrase. I said, I want to find people who are using the words moving to Toronto Mm. in a tweet. Mm -hmm. And I think I found something like 50 tweets in a 24-hour period. Mm -hmm. And I said to the fellow, I said, all these people are going to be looking for a realtor. (laughs) Right. Now, what, what if you went back to these people and you said, I see that you're moving to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Here is a neighborhood guide that I put together right. that I think would be really helpful. And you, you don't sell yourself. It's not an ad. You're just, and you're not doing it in a spooky way. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to help someone who's moving to Toronto. Right. So you put together this little guide, and at the end of the guide, You've got your, you know, contact information. I think that would be a very effective way. And it's just mm-hmm. one example of how we can find a real targeted audience on Twitter. Now, you mentioned mm-hmm. that I've got 96,000 connections. That just seems crazy, doesn't it? But, right. I mean, I have a very, um, you know, I go out and, and, and people, I speak around the world and, People read my books and my blog, and so they, they follow me. I, I get, what, 400 or 500 new followers every single week. And that may seem crazy to people, but that's also my potential audience. Those right. are all potential customers for me because I sell personal services, marketing, consulting, and corporate workshops all over the world. Mm-hmm. Anybody in the world can read my blog or read my books. So I'm different than a local bakery. And uh, in the book, I've got you know an entire chapter devoted to how do we find these people that could be interested in me. And I think that's one of the great benefits of the book is because so many people try social media, but they don't actively build their audience. You must do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it can't be an afterthought. It, it, you can't just throw content out there. You also need to have a network strategy, and I think that's one of the, pe- the things about the book that people really love. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it, it there really isn't a quantity quality type of, of thing. You know, and, and so many people try and, and do that, and that's why you have people who I will sell you a list of ten thousand Twitter followers. Ugh. You know, I'm sorry if they're not the right ten thousand, then that's never what do that. Never oh, do that. Oh. You know, and, and, and it's funny because, you know, when I connect with people, I always, or when I follow them back, I always look at their profile. And if it's clear that that's what they're doing, then I just don't follow them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fine if they want to follow me. Now, the second they step over that line and try and sell something, then, you know, I, I potentially will block them or report them to, to Twitter. But, you know, yeah. it's, it is one of those where you kind of have to think about it and, and think it through. I typically follow back almost anybody who follows me. You know, you, there's kind of that reciprocity thing, but I always look. Um, you know, and, and because, you know, and, and you mentioned this in the book, it's your professional and personal reputation and people look at who follow you. And, you know, if you have some, shall we say, unsavory people, that you have followed, there is kind of that guilt by association. So, you know, kind of look at those things. It's not as bad as it used to be. I remember when I first got on Twitter, it yeah. seemed like every tenth account was, you know, a, a lady doing something I didn't want to see that lady doing. Um, you know, and, you know, and, and Twitter has been really good about that. You know, they, you, you report somebody and they are gone. Um, but, you know, it, it is something to kind of look at. When I first started on Twitter, one of the things that I did was I went to the, the, the profiles of people I knew and respected, and I looked at who they were connected with. 
because I thought, oh, you know, if they like these people, they're probably a good resource for me too. And it's very public. I mean, you know, the, the, it's not like you're stalking or doing something underhanded. Those lists are public. So it's, it's not the, you know, you're not really doing anything wrong by doing that. Yes, that's exactly right. And that's one of the key ideas I have in the book is if you find, let's go back to the bakery example again. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you have a small business in, in, in Denver and uh, you find someone who's your ideal customer. Maybe they are, they already are a customer. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, well, who, maybe they have a list about, uh, Denver uh, business people or people that live in my neighborhood or mm-hmm. um, uh, where you can see who's following them and all of a sudden you find hundreds of people that are like them that live in your area that could be potential customers. So that's, that's again, uh, the power of Twitter is that you can find people with some propensity who to, to be interested in you and your business in a more targeted way, in a faster way, in a more powerful way than any other social media platform. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it really doesn't take a ton of time. And I think that's the other thing where people get thoroughly intimidated with social media in general is they think, good, you know, good mm-hmm. heavens, I have to spend hours a day on it. You know, people always ask me how much time do I spend? I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not a good example because I have it on all the time. What I like is you talk about the fact um, that in 20 minutes a day, you can be successful using Twitter. Um, and you've got it broken down by if you're brand new, if you're kind of you know, experienced, and then if you're very experienced at it. And 20 minutes really is not all that much, especially if you're doing five minutes here, five minutes here, five minutes there. Now, you know, I am the kid with bright, shiny objects, and I get sucked in. Um, so I do have to set a timer on occasion. But, you know, and, and I do that with all the social media. Um, but I like the, the idea of 20 minutes. And, you know, how, how really is – let's kind of walk through those three levels. So if you're brand new, what can you do on 20 minutes a day to really start utilizing Twitter well? Well, the, the two things that I mentioned, uh, I already used this example where we're reading all day long, right? Mm-hmm. So to, to, to find something to tweet about isn't necessarily all that difficult. Mm-hmm. So I, I just encourage people just to just set a goal of trying to tweet three times a day, uh, three different subjects at mm-hmm. three different times during the day because you never really know where your audience is going to be, as I said. And during the beginning period, I emphasize really working on Chapter 5 of the book, which is building your audience. And the reason is this. If you don't build an audience, you're going to be bored. Right. If you only follow the same five people every day, you're just, it's not interesting. And Twitter... I should say, it can be so much fun. As you said, it can be absolutely addictive. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things about Twitter is you can follow celebrities and sports stars and movie stars. Well, they're probably not going to follow you back, but you can still get a glimpse into what they're doing or what they're saying. Um, and it can be a tremendous amount of fun. So just starting out, you, the emphasis really needs to be on building your audience. And in the book, I recommend aim for, you know, like maybe 200 uh, followers. If you kind mm-hmm. of get up to that point, when you get to about 200, that is kind of the critical mass where two things happen. First of all, it becomes really interesting. You've got enough interesting content coming at you that you're not going to be bored. The second thing that happens is once you reach that 200 point, the snowball starts to, to, to come in where it starts to build. People start following you. People start finding you. They right. start putting you on lists. And then all of a sudden, you don't have to worry so much about actively building your audience because your audience is starting to find you. Like mm-hmm. Right now, they said, I get 400 or 500 new people a week following me. 
I don't work, I'd spend zero time building my audience at this point. Mm -hmm. But when I started out, I had to spend a little bit of time every day to get the ball rolling. Right. Well, and, you know, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm not really all that active on Twitter, and I gain probably 10 people a day. So just think if I actually try. Wow. You know, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and I good. think that's, you know, that's an example of where when you start doing it, it really does start building. You know, if, if I had done two or three tweets and then nothing, well, nothing's going to happen. Um, but when you, you know, it, comes back to the if you build it they will come you know there's there is that concept you know if you have great content if you have connected with the right people then it does kind of start growing on its own almost well so i use this example mm-hmm. yeah go ahead no 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 go ahead well i use this example like i once had an employee who was one of the brightest most exceptional employees I ever had. And to try to get her exposure, I would invite her to these executive meetings. Mm-hmm. And when she got into these meetings and had the opportunity for exposure, exposure, she never said anything. And and so you have to show up. If you're going to have an impact on people, if you're going mm-hmm. to build a brand, you can't just you know, have the opportunity to have exposure to this audience and not say anything. You have got to be consistent. You've got to be out there. It's the same way, whether it's real life or online. You've got to show up. Right. You know, and, and back on the timing thing, you know, with only spending 20 minutes or so a day on it, we talked about this the first time you were on the program, and, and it really hit home to me. In many cases, we spend a lot of time physically going to networking things. And, and we're not saying not mm-hmm. to do that because, you know, some of those are, are incredibly beneficial. And, and I still am a big proponent on the fact that, you know, you need to meet face to face with people. And which is, is why I said, you know, the next time I'm in Knoxville, we definitely have to get together for coffee. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. at the same point, how much time are we spending driving, sitting there, eating the chicken, you know, doing all of those things, and maybe all we do is talk to the same people. You know, when when we network yeah. in person, are we doing that the right way also? And, you know, so that's just kind of the overall, you know, review of how you network with people. But if you if you are just going and eating the chicken and sitting with the same people, then maybe spending that time on, you know, spend 30 minutes on Twitter, 30 minutes on LinkedIn, you know, a little bit longer on, on, you know, some of them. And you might find that it's much more beneficial and maybe better for your waistline that you didn't have that fabulous dessert that they were offering. <laughs> well, there's another key point here is that a lot of people overestimate the value and the opportunity with social media. And my mm-hmm. view is, and I make this point very strongly in the book, is that this is an opportunity to open doors. Mm-hmm. These, it, it creates, usually it creates weak connections, weak links. So you see someone show up on Twitter and maybe you're interested in, maybe you actually send tweets back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. To really make this a, uh, a, a relationship that really delivers business benefits, mm-hmm. it makes sense that to, to meet face-to-face at some point or at least have a phone call or a Skype mm-hmm. or something like that because then mm-hmm. you never really know where the benefits are going to lead. I'll give right. you a small example. Uh, last year, for the first and only time on my blog, um, I asked people to support a charity that mm-hmm. I am involved in. It's a mentoring charity for inner-city children. So I think I ended up raising about six thousand dollars in mm-hmm. in just a couple of days, which was very cool. But when I did an analysis, I think I saw that ninety percent of the people who donated I had met in real life. Mm-hmm. Now I, I I took out all the friends and family, relatives, blah blah right. blah. Mm-hmm. When you just limit it to the social media connections, mm-hmm. 
90% of the people that donated were people that I had actually met. Right. Now, started on social media. Mm -hmm. The other thing that was interesting is the average donation of someone I actually met was $60. Mm -hmm. The average donation from people I didn't meet was about 10 So that again gets to the point that, A, number one, I never would have raised $6,000 if I hadn't developed this social media presence. Mm -hmm. But two, I never would have raised that much if I hadn't gone the extra step and actually met these people right. and created the relationship with mm -hmm. them. Well, and you know, it, it is, it comes back to what you said earlier, the know, like, and trust. And you know, it's one thing to read somebody's posts and tweets and, and all of those things, but to have that name to that face, you know, and, and to really, you know, connect. And you know, in, in many cases, it is just connecting on Skype or the telephone, you know, because as we've talked about, this now makes everything worldwide. But when you have that extra link, that's where it really does seem to benefit people. And, and, you know, whether it's that you're asking them to donate or share your information about, you know, a, a new product or service that you have, all of those things, that little extra, oh, yeah, I've met Mark. He's a great guy. I don't have any problem promoting him type of thing, you know, and, and because it comes back to our personal reputation too. You know, it's one thing to retweet something, mm -hmm. you know, but to really get into helping them out, we want to know a little bit more about them. Um, you know, and, and that's where meeting in person, talking on the phone, all of those things adds that extra link. Yeah. And it takes time. Um, uh, it, it, because you never really know where these connections uh, may lead. Mm -hmm. um, that's the other myth, I think, around social media is that people think, okay, great, now I've got a Twitter account, now I've got a Facebook page, that's going to solve all my marketing problems. Well, it's right. not. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you've got problems with your business, social media is just going to amplify those problems. Mm -hmm. So, you know, number one, you need to be running a, a good business. You need to be taking good care of your customers before you're going to be successful in social media. And it takes mm -hmm. time to build relationships, just like it takes time to build relationships in real life and to nurture potential customers and convert mm -hmm. them into a sale. Same right. thing on social media. It takes time. It takes patience. Mm -hmm. Well, and of course... The opposite is also true. If you have that relationship and you mess up, and and those people are good on social media, ooh, <laughs> you know, that's that's why when a, a business, you know, it, it was funny in your book you talk about how many people use, especially Twitter, to complain, um, you know, about a business or a brand or a person. You know, it it doesn't take very much for somebody's reputation to be really hindered or, you know, even potentially destroyed just by one little mishap, um, you know, and and so, and, and that is probably why a lot of businesses are so, so leery of social media, but I tell them, you know, just because you're not there doesn't mean you're not being talked about, <laughs> so you better be mm -hmm. there to try and protect that reputation. Well, I also think the fear of social media is grossly overblown. Mm -hmm. Because we see these high-profile examples of someone's life being ruined or their career being ruined uh, because they did something stupid. Uh, they did something they shouldn't have done in real life, let alone mm -hmm. do it online. Right. Uh, and that stuff happens. And then you see these really relatively rare examples when you think about how much social media is used and mm -hmm. how many people are on it. And so that fear uh, starts to dominate people and, and, and dominate social media policies, and, and usually it's really unfounded. I mean, mm -hmm. typically right. people are pretty, they're, they're kind, they're understanding. And I'll give you an example. I was working with a big company in Miami, and this was a company that was run by lawyers, literally run by lawyers, who had this extreme fear of negative comments. So I did an analysis of their competitors, and who had a very, very 
high presence on Facebook in particular. Mm-hmm. And I analyzed the, the comments over a period of six months. And I define negative, even something like, we couldn't reach you on the phone today. Mm-hmm. All right, so I, I was a pretty liberal view of negative. And the percent of negative comments was 0.1%. Right. Not 1%. It was 0.1%. Mm-hmm. It was so small. You know, so they, they were basically making a decision to not participate in social media over, over 0.1% right. of mm-hmm. the customers who weren't happy about something. Uh, so generally I find that this fear is, is really unfounded. Mm-hmm. Well, and statistically, I mean, it's, it's like the people who say, well, I'm not going to fly because a plane crashes. Well, you know, <laughs> if you look at the millions, the billions of information that is, is passed every day on social media and, and the, the problems that people have, it really is. Very, very small. Um, you know, and, and, but it, it does maintain watching. You know, if you have a negative comment, whether it's about your business or your, you know, if you are like you and I and your business is yourself, you gotta fix it. You gotta fix it fast. Because, you know, that, that snowball starts going and it's amazing how all of a sudden everybody else jumps on that bandwagon. But, you know, it, it is, there's so much more benefit than negatives. And I think that's where people do get caught up is they see that negative. You know, they see that the sports person who, you know, the, the football player who sends out the tweet that is just a really stupid tweet or, you know, somebody who does something and, and then their in, impression is, oh, I can't do that at all. And people really do, you know, as you said, just need to remember it's pretty minor when that happens and it, and it very, it happens very infrequently. Yes. I mean, I don't know what the number is, but something like there are 50 billion tweets a month. Mm-hmm. And let's say, you know, maybe, what would you say? Maybe once a month there's some story about somebody who does something stupid on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, one out of right. 50 billion. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right. It's a celebrity. Yeah. Well, and what I like is when a business sees a complaint and they fix it. Um, you know, and, and you had several examples in the book, and I think we've all seen examples of that, whether it's personally, you know, mm-hmm. where we've said, you know, hey, this happened and, and they fix it, mm-hmm. or, you know, we, we've seen them publicly, and to me, that's a perfect use of social media, is when they, you know, when somebody says, you know, oh, hey, yeah, sorry yeah. you had a bad <laughs> flight to her. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, look, stuff happens in business. There mm-hmm. are mistakes, and there right. are problems and outages, and, you know, you can look at these complaints as a gift because, first of all, they're letting you know that there's something wrong, and, and they're bringing it to your turf. They're not mm-hmm. going out telling their friends about it. Right. They're telling you about it, and you have the opportunity to show what you're made of and mm-hmm. address this in a, in a positive way, in, in a way that says, wow, this is the kind of company I, I want to do business with. There's a mm-hmm. recent example. There was this Internet company that just had this big outage. And the, the, a lot of the people were really upset about it. And the founder of the company wrote a letter to all their users and explained exactly what happened and why it happened and what they were going to do about it. And he was completely transparent, completely mm-hmm. honest, and the feedback that I got is, wow, this, this makes, you know, this makes me really, um, empathetic toward them. It makes me sympathetic toward them that they had this attack on their system, mm-hmm. that they were able to resolve it so quickly. This gives me confidence in them. Even though I was angry yesterday, today I feel a lot better about it mm-hmm. because of the way they handled it. Right. Well, and so many people just want to know that they were heard. Um, you know, if, if something bad happened and somebody says, gee, we're sorry, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but if something bad happens and I get ignored, well, then I get madder. And, you know, all, and then I do start telling my friends. Um, you know, and, and so that's where businesses really should be paying attention to those things. And, and saying I'm sorry isn't necessarily saying, hey, we're to blame. You know, it, but it, it, people really do just want to know that 
they they're heard. Um, you know, and and I think that's one of the most important things in social media that people need to remember is pay attention to the people out there. Um, you know, solve their pain. That comes back to what you were saying earlier. You know, be be helpful to people. It may be that the information you're providing has absolutely nothing to do with what you do for a living, but if you provide great information and assistance, th- then they remember that. I, and I, I think the number is something like, oh, let me get this right, I think it's close to, it's between 95 and 98% of mm-hmm. all customer complaints go away simply by acknowledging them. Right. By saying, okay, we heard you, mm-hmm. we're sorry, let's take this conversation offline so we mm-hmm. can solve your problem. Right. You know, there are some people out there that, you know, complaining makes them feel good about themselves. And mm-hmm. you're, ne- you're probably never going to help those people. But mm-hmm. just by saying, yes, boy, we, we heard you, uh, we appreciate you. Um, you know, I, I had, you know, I, I rarely, I rarely go online and do any sort of complaint. But I had two extraordinary ex- circumstances in the last month where I had exhausted all my options. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to say something on Twitter. Mm-hmm. One of the companies responded right away and solved the problem within 24 hours. The yeah. other company, I never heard anything from them. Never mm-hmm. heard a word. And so, you know, company number one, even though I was really angry with them because I had had a problem that, that had gone on for three months before I put anything on Twitter, they solved it, I'm happy, they saved me as a customer. The mm-hmm. other company, they never even acknowledged me I'm, you know, I'm going to drop them. So that that's, you know, there's a big difference there. There's a big lesson to be learned there. Right. Well, and, you know, it's it's like we were saying, you have to pay attention to those. I mean, how many times have we asked for information? Um, you know, where I have gone to somebody's Twitter page, you know, or, or I've, in, you know I've, I've tagged them in a tweet, or I've gone to their Facebook page, and basically I have said, hello, I want to give you money. And they've ignored me. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know I, those are the same people where if you go into their business, they probably don't acknowledge you or, you know, they, they ignore your email and they don't respond to your phone calls. And then they wonder why they're out of business. Um, you know, if somebody is, is really saying, hey, I want to spend money with you, you darn well better pay attention to them because there are no unique companies or services or products anymore. Somebody else out there does it. And even if it costs more, you know, I'm going to go to the person who acknowledged me as opposed to the person who ignored me. And, oh, we have music. <laughs> Not sure what the music is. Well, we're just going to keep talking. Um, Mark, are you still there? Uh-oh. I think something happened on Mark's end, and he has music. Uh, Leah, you know what, Deb? Um, it's not on our end. I don't. I have no idea where well, this music is coming from. We're ready to wrap up, so why don't you go ahead and, and disconnect from him, and, and I'll wrap up real quick. Alrighty. <laughs> you know, this this is one of the fun things with live radio. You have such fun things that happen. So um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. We want to make sure that you connect with Mark online because he does have so much great information for people, whether it's about social media in general or specifically about Twitter. So you want to go to businessesgrow.com, and that is Mark's website. But if you want to find him on Twitter, he is Mark W. Schaefer. Um, so he is at Mark W. Schaefer, and Schaefer is spelled S-C-H-A-E. F-E-R, so Mark W. Schaefer. And, of course, if you're connected with me online, you'll be able to to, uh, find his information because I will be posting about it today. Um, The thing that Mark was talking about is so valuable is 
you know, there are so many things that uh, you can benefit from by using Twitter. You can build your business, you can make connections, but you do have to have your targeted connections. You know, so think about who you're going to connect with. This really isn't the let's go out and buy 10,000 new connections. Um, you know, you want to connect with the right people and you'll find that sweet spot. Maybe it is 90,000 people, maybe it's 90 people. So find those right people. Then give them meaningful content so that they really are looking for your content because you want them to share it. That's one of the greatest compliments you can pay to someone is to share their content. You know, on Twitter it's called retweeting. So you want to make that information something that they find valuable. Doesn't always have to be about your business. In fact, it shouldn't always be about your business. Talk about those things that are important to you. You know, that the Broncos won last week or, you know, who's in the World Series or the TV program that you really like because we work with people we know, like, and trust. And some of those things we get from them by those other posts and then truly be authentically helpful and it doesn't matter what social media site you're on you know provide that information for people where they are you know it, 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 they're looking to you for help um, you know maybe you saw a tweet where somebody said hey I'm looking for a great new restaurant in Atlanta Provide that information. Does it help your business? No, not at all, unless you're, of course, that restaurant. But what that did was it made people think, ooh, you're a great great source of information. So then you're top of mind when they're thinking about your product or service the next time. So with that, we're going to go ahead and, and wrap up. Again, you know, Mark's information is at businessesgrow.com. So find him there. Find him on Twitter at Mark W. Schaefer. I am Deb Creer. It's very easy to connect with me on my various social media sites by just going to my website, which is debcreer.com. And that's D-E-B-K-R- I-E-R. And until next time, have a fabulous day and take advantage of this great fall weather no matter where you are. And we'll talk again next week. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. I'm not ashamed to say I hope it always will stay this way My hat is off, won't you stand up and take a bow And if you're through a party This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.